Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Facebook locks a bunch of users out of their account for not turning on Facebook Protect. The problem was that Facebook's email notification looked like a phishing scam, which was largely ignored. The global chip shortage is getting real and it's getting worse. First, it was graphic cards that became impossible to buy. Now, some SUVs are shipping without chips to control seat warmers. The toy company that first created Transformers is now working on a moon rover. And yes, it actually transforms. And is the digital divide literally killing us? Studies show a link between internet access and COVID-19 deaths. We've got all this and more in episode 27 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph. And down here in Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. That's it. I, I, there's, there's always no, something no. else. I thought there was something else coming. Nothing else coming. Nothing else coming. I got. I got to keep. A, I got to put a list. I see y'all expecting it, so I got to get a, a running list. It's been a part of the intro for it, 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 you know. AKA, AKA spoiled husband. How about that? There you go. <laughs> so uh, long ass t-shirt. Not a lot's been going on, at least not for me over the last week. But uh, have y'all been paying attention to any of the? tournament are your brackets just absolutely destroyed at this point uh you don't you don't lose if you don't play so that's my motto when it comes to <laughs> bracketology i did sit up and watch a couple games that tcu game last night was thrilling um and then there was another game uh somebody uh watched michigan uh knock off uh who they knock off i can't remember Ten- but, was it um, tennessee maybe yes it was tennessee yeah uh, so that was interesting. You know, that whole thing with, uh, Juwan Howard, you know, a couple games, a couple weeks ago, he got into a, uh, big thing with one of the coaches to where, you know, um, I, I really want, they were know. doing something goofy. They was doing something goofy at the end of the game. Go ahead. I want to know what was said to make him swing on that um, dude like that. You know, something, uh, something, something had to be said. I don't think so. I don't think so. I just think he was already in the heat of the moment, already upset that the coach was doing something goofy at the end of the game. And then the coach grabbed his arm. You grab a brother's arm. That's all you need to know, you know? And and so after all that thing, you know, everybody's talking about, Oh, he should, he should be fired. He should be, you know, all these suspended, you know, everybody. So it was nice to see him consoling that uh, Tennessee player at the end to kind of redeem not not redeem is not the right word, but to show who he that, really you know, is, because what you saw, you know, emotions, a month, five weeks ago was not the Juwan Howard that you have heard about for, you know, for for years right. about how nice of a guy he is. And I believe that young man from Tennessee actually played on the AAU team with his son. Um, and I believe I won't even say that they even won like the LeBron James tournament, um, you know, in Ohio or something like that. So like, so, th- so, so they, they, it wasn't just a random kid, which you probably would have still did that anyway, but it was, you know, someone that he knew, but, yeah. uh, so it was just nice to see that he does have two sides of the emotion. There's, you know, anger and there's also compassion. So it'd be interesting to see how much people talk about the nicer side of it as much as they talked about. Well, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff <laughs> right. don't go viral. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, don't, so. I don't watch college. I, I used to go back and forth between college and pro basketball. Like, like I would have a season where I would watch college and then I would have a season. And I just, I don't know. I don't watch, I don't watch a whole lot of basketball at all anymore. I don't mind going to a game, but I don't watch a ton of basketball on television anymore. 
Yeah. So I only watch college hoops now. Me too. And my, my whole thing has been, you know, well, I ain't watching because, you know, they need to get paid. Um, but, you know, I do get sucked into the, you know, March Madness a little bit. I don't know. You know, I always root for the underdogs. So, you know, I'm up like a TCU game versus uh, Arizona, I think is who that was. You know, I was like, come on, man, y'all can do it. Y'all there. But again, you know, better team knows. Duke. Was it Duke? I can't remember. Anyway, better team pulled out, you know, so I'm always looking for the Cinderella story. So looking that's for the Mexican saga. Yeah, 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 exactly. Butler, you know, I'm from Indianapolis. So Butler had a run a couple years ago. So, yeah. All right, y'all. So before we get to our tech stories, let me tell our listeners just how they can, uh, you know, how they can support the show. So we are on Patreon. If you head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John, that is the tech J A W N. There's multiple levels over there, uh, where you can actually help support the show. Um, and with any of those levels that you may sign up to, you actually get access to our live stream and our after party. So just want to put that out there. Once again, it is patreon.com forward slash the tech john and with that let's get to our first tech story so terrence uh you you put this in there right before i was about to put it in there i think you and i were both working on a rundown around the same time this morning but uh facebook um basically have locked out a ton of users i mean quite a few i mean it's 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 quite a few users that they've actually locked out because people didn't pay attention to the spammy looking email that they've been sending out Right. So Facebook can't get right. They either letting everybody in, letting everybody do anything they want to do on Facebook or they locking people out. Uh, and what what Rob mentioned was, you know, ideally what you're not supposed to do is if you get any email from any company that you do business with that you may have an account with and they send you an email that says, hey, your password is expired or, hey, it looks like you logged in suspiciously from some other place. Click here to change your password or update your security settings. You're not supposed to do that. You're mm-hmm. actually supposed to go to the website. Let's, for example, if it was Facebook, I sent you an email, said, hey, we have some suspicious activity. Click here. Don't click here in the email. Go to Facebook.com if you're concerned and look into it, do deeper investigation there. So what was happening was <laughs> Facebook was actually sending a legit email to not all users, uh, according to this uh, story I'm reading on The Verge, it was people that um, uh, people may target. Like if you're a journalist, if you are a political person, if you are some sort of entrepreneur, whatever the case may be, Facebook kind of said, okay, these are the type of people that may need this two-factor authentication service that they call Facebook Protect. They were sending it out an email saying, hey, Uh, You may want to look at your two-factor authentication settings. Click here to go through the process to set up Facebook Protect. And they put a deadline. You've got until this date to do it. Uh, Of course, most people, well, not most people, the people that got locked out probably said, oh, this looks funny or whatever the case may be, ignored it. And Facebook was like, all right, (laughs) and then ended up locking out a lot of these folks. So it was just kind of, I just wanted to put it out there that, you know, um, Facebook is like, they can't get right. It's like they go from letting everybody in to then trying to help, but then not doing it in the best way possible. And that it causes more so, confusion. <laughs> so I, I got this notification. Um, I guess as a journalist. Um, but I, but it was in mobile. Like I, I'm not sure if I got an email. The email address I use for Facebook is one that I don't use for anything else. So, mm-hmm. you know, to actually have to log into WordPress to, or into Bluehost to, to check that email, that inbox, I'm not doing that. Um, but I did get a notification on mobile when I opened up the app one day to look at Facebook, that was the first, that was the first thing that was there. And it was like, you, and I mean, I already have two factor authentication enabled, so I didn't have to do anything. I mean, it, it, I think it just went through and checked that it was enabled. Um, so it was a pretty easy process. It's interesting that there's so many people, um, apparently 
using Facebook on desktop and still, you know, logging in, uh, with a username and password and, and, and getting emails from them that they would have even chosen to do it that way. Because like I said, the mobile process was, was just fairly benign. And, you know, I looked at, it, I was like, okay, tap, tap, tap. And they were like, oh, you're good. And, and then I just went on about my day. So, um, it was, it was, it was, it was interesting to read this article and see how many people were having issues with this. Cause it, it just didn't need to be that deep. Honestly, it didn't seem like it. Um, they definitely could have went uh, a different route than sending emails out. And then even to the point of the email they sent was like from security at Facebook mail. Doc. Like it, it, it looked suspect. It, it looked so, yeah. janky. I mean, it, it, it was. Real suspect. I was like, why would you send something like that to people? We already on edge for phishing attacks and whatnot. Yeah, and you send this email. We're, we're conditioned to not pay attention to those emails. And it's interesting. Like you're saying, you got the mobile notification. Um, I have not gone as far to uh, uninstall the mobile app off of my phone, but I don't really check Facebook like that. Like I don't have any notifications turned on. So it is often my wife saying, Hey, did you see this person said this on Facebook? Or, Hey, did you go check this or go, go to like our family page and, and, and look at this type of thing? I don't get the notifications um, just because I'm not using Facebook like that. Uh, that being said, it seems to me like that would have been a better way to notify people. Uh, it seems like Facebook could have done something through their interface to where you would have got a notification in Facebook. Right. Well, maybe like take out a Facebook ad. How about that? I thought though that this, this sort of brought up the question, um, should two factor authentication be enabled by default for everybody? What y'all think? Um, um, I would say yes, uh, only because it's going to force people to adopt it on a regular and just get through with it. Because eventually we're going to go there before we talked last week or a week before about getting rid of passwords altogether. Until we get there, I mean, forcing people to enter. Well, it depends with Facebook, right? Because I use a two factor authenticator app for Facebook. I don't use Facebook protect. And the reason why I don't use the basic two factor authentication is because I'm not giving Facebook my phone number. And that's how most people do the basic level two factor authentication is they want your phone number. They want your mobile number so they can send you a code via text message. You enter that code, then they let you in. I ain't giving Facebook my phone number. So um, that would be my only uh, uh, drawback to forcing people to do it by default because most people are not going to use a, a authenticator app. They're going to use their mobile number. And then that's just more information that they got. True. I would say Facebook should strongly encourage over in the, the course of years. I mean, it, it, it would take them a long, long time or should take them a long, long time. Because I think when you think about Facebook, you know, the three of us, we are extremely into tech and using two factor authentication is nothing for us. But Facebook has to worry about if we if we force this and we mandate it, are we going to lose customers simply because they just decided not to? And I'll just I'll just go to Twitter. I'll go to something else that's you not making me yeah. jump through these hoops. Take that extra step. Yeah. So I think what they would need to do is. Instead of like they did for these, you know, for these level accounts, the journalists, the, uh, you know, the activists type of accounts that they kind of force this on, they're going to have to do a much softer approach to where it is. Just we're going to inundate you with ads that you need to turn this on. You need to figure this out. Here's a video on how it works, because I'm thinking of several people that if they were to do that, Facebook is just broke. And I can't log into it anymore. They get frustrated right. with it and then they move on to something else. And there's going to, right. there are all these other social uh, media platforms that are waiting for, uh, you know, for that to happen. So it's um, interesting because I was, uh, I was just on daily tech news show on Friday and we were talking about, um, the, the time that's coming when passwords will go away. There's a, a standard, um, called FIDO and I'm not sure what that stands for, but, um, it, it, it apparently works very well. It's a token. It's a whole kind of token system that would eliminate the need for passwords. Um, but they can't get the websites to um, implement it. 
and 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 make it standard across plat because it's already I think it's already standard across operating systems. Um, but the websites themselves they, they have been very slow to adopt it. So, um, but I think that's where we're going. I I agree with you, Terrence. Like we we gonna get rid of these passwords once and for all, um, sooner rather than later. So it can't come soon enough, honestly. So yeah, I'm just like Facebook. <laughs> they just, I think you said it perfectly. Can't get right. It's like, cause this is a good thing. I mean, it's, you know, it, it is a good thing. Um, they push it through an official email, but it's like, you, you have to just think that a lot of people aren't going to, uh, pay attention to that. And also they should have some signals on the number of people who didn't do it. And when they see the sure number of people who didn't go through it, it's like, hey, maybe before we actually just eliminate their access, we push out some more information to them to say, hey, you need to do this. We really mean it um, for the next date. I don't know. But like, right, right. Yeah. So uh, have you guys uh, been paying attention to this global chip shortage that Earth seems to be suffering through right now? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. You can't get you can't get nothing. Nowhere, no how. We have been hearing it for the better part of two years now. We've been hearing about it, Um, but it's like I said, it's it's really starting to get real. So if if you just think back to uh, it's it's always been hard to get high end uh, graphics cards. That that is not a pandemic generated thing. Um, But since the pandemic, it has been virtually impossible to get a high-end uh, card. I mean, you, you see people standing in line outside of Best Buys and Micro Centers when they think that uh, these high-end graphics cards are going to come in and they'll be, you know... So they can, th- so they can scalp them. Oh, yeah. There's there's no doubt. There, there's there's no question that that's what they're doing. But, you know, no, like there's saying. people who are literally camping out to get these things like they were back in the day to get iPhones. Um, but that doesn't really touch regular people. And then um, towards the uh, end of last year, beginning of this year, you started to see it. it's like, oh, I man, this camera's been out of stock for a long time. Well, that camera's been out of stock for a long time. And you start to find out, is it, oh, uh, well, Sony has actually delayed making some of their uh, new hotness because they can't get chips for it. So there is a camera that I've actually been interested in called the Sony. Um, I think it's called the Sony ZV-E10 or something like that, which is uh, a it's kind of an entry level um, Sony camera, but it's actually really, really good. But they, they came out with their first batch and now you can't get them anymore. But now we're moving on. On to where it's really starting to touch, you know, people in their everyday, everyday lives. It's like um, Ford is making less F-150s. Ford yeah. is going to actually start shipping SUVs. Uh, I think the Explorer where they are going to come without chips that are required to make things work like seat heaters and stuff like that. Um, and then you take it back in and, you know, when, when the chip comes out later. Transmissions now doesn't work so well. Well, so that one, so that one about the car, that's kind of like a first world problem because the chip that they're talking about is a chip that controls the, if I'm, if I read it correctly, the rear seat uh, heating and cooling, like you get the heated seats and the cooled seats in the car. Put your coat on and call it a day. Stop right. tripping. You'll so, be right, right, right. So nah, that, but not nah, you know, bougie like of, that. I want my born to be my, my butt to be warm at all times in the winter. In living the, here in the mid, you, you from the Midwest, Terrence, so and you remember what it's like in the summertime. Yeah. I, I also grew up when we barely had seat belts in the car. Right. So I'll be <laughs> right. So yeah, yeah this back is a luxury the, that the, you can do without. When you could tuck them in in the back. Yeah. Right. I, I, it's funny. I look at, I kind of use, um, QVC as, as a litmus test for, you know, how bad this chip shortage is getting. Cause I used to work for HP and, and be on air, uh, for QVC selling computers. And, and I can remember, you know, if anybody out there is familiar with home shopping, um, every day there is a today special value that is on sale all day long and you're on air, you know, every two hours or so, um, selling this product. And, you know, I can remember when I was doing TSVs pre COVID back in like 2016, you know, we might have 60,000 computers that we were trying to move up out of there. And, and, and depending on whether it was back to school or Christmas time, it might be 80,000 computers that we were um, trying to move. And it, there was just a, uh, today's special value on, Yesterday, I think it was just yesterday or the day before, but I think it was yesterday. Um, 
for HP and it, they had less than 10,000 machines, um, mm. for the day, which is just unheard of. Like, I, I wouldn't even see why they would even do a, a today's special value with less than 10,000 of anything. But I think it just speaks to, you know, how hard it has been for all of these companies to get these component pieces. And, and so it's and, a little, so that's a little bit of inside baseball. So QVC is buying this stuff and reselling it. I always assumed that they were partnering with the manufacturer to where I would buy something. I would just QVC would be the person that takes my order. And then they, yeah, then the they yeah, and the company drop ships it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I yeah. thought, <clears throat> the way you kind of explained it, I, I, the way I understood it was, well, no, HP was actually, only able to even deliver. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like okay. 9,600 right, units to them, okay. you know? Yeah. So whatever they have is what HP delivers is, to them or okay, is capable gotcha. of, of delivering or drop shipping okay. um, directly mm-hmm. to the customer. No, you're getting it from the manufacturer. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> but no, like I said, the, the shortage is, is kind of horrible right now. And, you know, I think we, you know, particularly here in the States, we don't really think about um, you know, chips and just how much of our life is controlled by computers. It's like, I think, you know, even, even for our show, a lot of listeners who are listening to our show, when they think computers, I want to think phones and Macs and PCs and stuff like that. But it's pretty much almost everything that runs on current these days has some type of silicon in it. And so this is even getting worse because of what the, you know, Russia is doing in the Ukraine right now. Half the world supply of neon comes out of Ukraine. Um, So there's a couple of companies over there that, uh, they control literally half of the supply of neon on earth, which is absolutely required as a necessity to make, uh, these, uh, you know, these semiconductors. So now the shortage is even getting worse. Uh, so it was, I mean, it was pretty much because of the pandemic. And now it's like, you know, we're, we're kind of getting out of the pandemic, but we're still way behind. And now the fact that they can't get Xeon, uh, or excuse me, neon. Um, they, you know, that we're continuing to have these issues. So it's, it's a big deal right now when you start to say, yeah, we're going to not sell as many trucks because we don't have chips or we're going to, you don't get butt warmers in the back because we don't have chips. So that's a big deal to regular people. The whole idea of of not having a seat warmer is one thing, but when a hospital can't get new medical equipment, that's a whole different ball game. Or when, you know, system alarm systems need to be updated that can't get updated because there aren't enough, like, like, you know, seat warmers are, you know, antithetical to, right. to the conversation when you talk about the the life saving technologies that now won't get updates or can't buy new equipment or don't have enough, uh, you know, X ray units or or whatever um, at the hospitals. This, I mean, it, it it turns into a real crisis. And I thought it was interesting, Rob, about the the last story you posted about the um, about Intel building in, in near Columbus, near you. Mm-hmm. Um, a new uh, semiconductor facility. Uh, the idea that this is their first in 40 years. Like that's insane. Yeah. Um, Silicon Valley is called Silicon Valley for a reason, but it isn't, it's we just call it that now for uh basically because it just makes us feel good nostalgia. But, yeah. yeah exactly it's nostalgia that stuff is not being created here it's being created uh you know overseas mostly in um you know the philippines and in korea uh so yeah we we have we have some issues uh, right now. So as yeah. I said, you know, I did link this, uh, you know, you know, just to give uh, Columbus a shout out and Intel a shout out. They're building a $20 billion foundry here. In fact, it's uh, this is just the first two foundries in this complex. I believe it can support eight. So um, they can put up to a hundred million, hundred million, hundred billion with a B dollars worth of investment into this. And because we are having such an issue with chips right now, and we're seeing this shortage And America is now starting to say, hey, we can't really depend on Earth like this to, you know, from a supply chain standpoint. It is it is wrecking what we do um, that U.S. legislators are actually proposing. What is it? A fifty two billion dollar government, fifty two billion dollars in government subsidies, um, which is cool. Um, you know, Intel is like, we raised our hand. Our facility was going to be able to support eight, you know, founders. We're only going to put two in there. It's like, why are we always playing catch up? Yeah. Um, you know, and, like, and, 
not only we're paying ketchup. More proactive on things sometimes. Business, like, come on, man. So Both got real comfortable, you know, for a long important time. Important everything. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and and it's like, okay, so pay some health care, you know, let a union exist, and just you know have to take the take the L on on price instead of. Twenty billion dollars, you make sixteen billion dollars. Like you'll that be sounds, all right. That's that crazy talk. Nothing. That sounds nothing like America. <laughs> and, and that's the crazy part. And, and is, all these politicians that be cr- screaming "America first" and "Make America Great Again," like didn't like you. And I, you know, I ain't trying to get super political, but you think about what our former president claimed he was going to be able to do around this very type of thing. And, you know, I think there was supposed to be a Foxconn facility coming to the States and, you know, all the rest of that. And we didn't get none of that, you know, none of that happened. None of that materialized, you know, and, and I just think that companies need to, hopefully this will be the, the wake up call to focus a little less on the bottom line um, and a little bit more on uh, manufacturing products in the United States. I I just, I I hope you don't stay in this shortage of semiconductors for the next two, three, four years, because it takes that amount of time to build these foundries. Uh, (laughs) uh, Like I said, you know, Intel is coming to Columbus. They've already said it. They've already, you know, the the money is slated for it. I believe they break ground in several months, but they break ground in several months and they're not going to go into production until sometime mid late 2025. So even still that it ain't, it ain't etched in stone because uh, Stephanie mentioned about the Foxconn plant. I think that was supposed to go in Wisconsin Mm -hmm. and they had all kinds of issues. I kind of read like a little long story um, about um, how <laughs> Wisconsin pretty much got played by the you know, Foxconn trying to come to Wisconsin and the gave them all the tax cuts, gave them all the them, benefits, and, rolled and, out the red carpet, and, and every time uh, the 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 company owners or whomever they was like, yeah, we're not going to be able to do that, right? And yeah, we're not going to be able to do this, and yeah, we're oh, we said we're going to be able we to do this much, <laughs> you we, we know, to come no more. Forget forget the whole idea. Forget it. Forget it. Right. Right. It's right. Crazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So yeah. it sounds like though that this Intel deal is is actually going to happen. Yeah, I mean, like um, I said, they haven't actually broke ground on the Intel facility yet, but I want to say they started doing other stuff around it because uh, when you think about how big this foundry ultimately is going to be, there's going to be all kind of support businesses around it. Uh, you know, just part of their supply chain, getting stuff in, getting stuff out uh, where we're talking about tens of thousands of jobs here in central Ohio. So they've actually, you know, gotten pretty far into that, even though they haven't actually broken ground yet. And even here, you'll see on the news until they say, until they start, until you start seeing construction going on, don't believe it till you see it, but don't believe the hype. And what I hope won't happen, is come 2026, 2027, 2028, when, you know, God willing, we are all quote unquote back to normal and and companies realize they can go back to Korea and back to the Philippines and, and make this stuff for cheap, that you don't leave these ginormous facilities hanging like all those empty ass where, uh, Amazon warehouses in the Midwest right now. I was watching, what was the documentary I was watching? I was watching a documentary recently about how all of those, like just, just empty ass square for millions of square feet of empty ass square footage from Amazon facilities, fulfillment centers and stuff in the Midwest mm. that, that just got abandoned basically. And, and so hopefully we don't see that happen once things do get back to some sort of normal. Yeah. So, uh, Terrence, this one really, you know, the story you put in, it really interested me. Uh, Transformers on the moon. Oh well, this we, we, we like care a, about the moon again. Whitey on the moon, ain't that us? <laughs> That's what I thought of when I was like, Whitey on the moon, and they put Whitey on the moon. Y'all so like Bill just, Scott. Yeah, so I just thought this was um, interesting because uh, this uh, J- Japan uh, Aeros- Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency wants to put a rover on the moon. But what I thought was interesting, I thought it kind of tickled me is because they're partnering with the same company, Takara Tommy, to actually build and put this rover. The Takara Tommy company is the same company that makes and created Transformers, you know, the actual Optimus Prime, Decepticons. Yeah, 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 all that, you know, that same... 
The same company that manufactured those are, is the one that's partnering with this JAXA, Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency, to actually bring this rover that actually transforms. And you have to look at the video. We should have had that sound effect ready. <laughs> right, right, right. But basically, it, it, it looks like a little, um, little ball that when it lands, it actually extracts and then the camera comes out. And then like a little balancer comes out of the back to where it looks like it's actually transforming. And then they're going to use that. It's going to have a front and rear facing camera. So it's going to take pictures of the moon, you know, the surface or the surface, uh, things of that nature. So I just put that in there because it's cool because one of my favorite all time movies is Transformers, the movie. And I can still remember to this day that my first. Uh, uh, present that I can actually remember was Optimus Prime. So that just, just <laughs> for nostalgic Aww. reasons. You mean the trans, the it, first Transformers cartoon? Uh, yeah. Tra- no, uh, so Transformers, the movie, it, the one where Optimus Prime dies. Yes. 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 That, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. So that was, that was a great movie. That yeah, was a great yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of the first movies. If you look at like all of the Pixar movies now to where they try to tug at your heartstrings. So in the beginning of the movie, something tragic happens. Like you think of Up, you know, mm-hmm. where the guy, the old guy with the I'm balloons in the house, you know, his, his wife <laughs> passes. <laughs> and then, you know, all those movies, I think Transformers, the movie, they kind of j- jumped that off because you watching a movie in the movie theaters and Optimus Prime actually dies. You know, I was like, what, maybe eight or nine years old, maybe it was, 12? It was rough. It was, a, yeah, it was you know, a, I was, was like, all right, world. so he ain't coming back there. They <laughs> <laughs> can't put the 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 thing back in his chest and he's not gonna and he it was a wrap so you know <laughs> all that to say all the way around the world say that was a little nostalgic Definitely. that this company uh, is actually going to put a transformer on the moon so what I thought was kind of cool though and we're mixing uh well, I guess transformers and uh Disney that's a Disney thing isn't it now. What? I'm not even sure. Uh, I'm not even sure. No. Transformers, Transformers on Disney. Hasbro. That's Hasbro. Hasbro. So okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, it looks like that uh, that little robot from um, the new Star Wars movies. Uh, what is it? BB. It doesn't look anything like BB-8. I, I hated yeah. that they even put that reference in there. I was like, that thing doesn't look like BB-8. Stop saying that. Like it looks it's just cylindrical. Nothing. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. They're both circles. That's literally a, <laughs> yeah. a spear. I guess. Yeah, a they're spear. both spears. Yeah. That's literally yeah. the only resemblance. Uh, to to BBA, I was like, dude, I, I saw that headline. I was like, this thing looks nothing like BB. Somebody just wanted to make a Star Wars. Right uh, well, now. I was going to ask, was there like now. a picture that I could find? Because, like I said, I I thought that it would be cool if it did look like that, but I didn't see any pictures that were making it look like that. So, they, well, and they said in the article that it wouldn't even be able to resemble a BB-8 type of thing because of the terrain of the moon and the way it would need to operate and things like that. Like, it wouldn't even be able to look like that. So, stop trying to make BB-8 happen. And I was trying not to be one of those people watching the Star Wars movies with BB-8, but when he started rolling in the sand, I'm like, come on, man. Right. Come on. Physics. There's no way. <laughs> like, come no on, way. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <sighs> so let's get to our, uh, let's get to our main story. Um, and we, we can spend a little bit of time on this, but is the digital divide literally killing folks? And Stephanie, before I read the supporting articles, mm-hmm. I kind of thought it's like, yeah, probably I, I can think of many ways why, why it would. And it's like the things that I were thinking kind of line up 
what's you know what's in this story so i'll let you go ahead and mm-hmm. you know and, and give the backstory on this but this this was a really interesting one because yeah i think i think it actually is it, it, it's crazy because you know it it's it's abysmal that we keep having this conversation in you know this first world country that we live in um but there was a, a study recently um put out by the JAMA network uh, that basically says, you know, people without internet access are more likely to die from COVID than people with internet access. So, um, statistically, there is a, for every 1% decrease in internet access in an area, um, there are 2.4 more deaths per 100,000 people in rural areas and for every 1% decrease in internet access in urban areas and suburban areas, there is a, uh, there are six more deaths per 100,000 people, um, who don't have access. And, and the, the startling thing about this was that they could find that correlation, but also that it didn't matter whether it was rural, urban, suburban, mm-hmm. like, like there were a lot of other factors that didn't even really matter, um, in this, you know, obviously, pre-existing health conditions and there's like a whole bunch of other environmental fact and health factors that um, go into why somebody may die from COVID. But, um, but this was something that, that stood out as another one of those factors um, that you had to take into account when, when thinking about COVID deaths. So um, it, it's just, it's just another, you know, um, kind of example or, or, or uh, confirmation that America is, you know, uh, what do they say? The ghetto and a Gucci belt or something, something about a Gucci belt. <laughs> like, we, like, we really don't focus on the things we need to focus. We worried about the wrong shit here in this country, honestly. And, and, um, you know, right now, or at least as of 2020, I believe America was 27 out of 30. Uh, in broadband access for the 30 most developed countries in the world, um, that have broadband access, America's 27 out of 30. So we're at mm. the bottom of the pile. You know, we, we stay near the bottom or at least far out of the top 10 in speeds, broadband speeds, um, that are accessible by people. Um, and, and, and we've already seen how the digital divide affects like everything from education to jobs to healthcare to, you know, just the political process, mm-hmm. political process, like mm-hmm. literally everything. And, and, and now, you know, that not having the internet can kill you. Yep. Yep. Because, uh, you know, I think one of, which is crazy that we're towards the bottom in broadband access, but we are one of the countries that's always trying to make things easier, you know, which thing, which I mean, it makes sense. You know, if we're going to COVID-19, is something that was pushed on us quick, fast, in a hurry. So a lot of people scrambled to do things. And it's like this uh, article mentions like uh, food pantry signups, vaccine availability, safety information. All that stuff was online. Go to this link. Go to this website. Right. You know, you couldn't go to the doctor's office, so you had to do a telehealth visit. If you don't have internet, you ain't doing no telehealth visit, so you can't can't see your Mm -hmm. doctor. Right. So making, trying to make it easier to access things for the sake of health, i.e. COVID-19, really is almost a moot point when we are at the bottom when it comes to internet access, when it comes to the digital divide. It's like, how are you going to do one thing, but not even have the compatibility to actually access the things you're trying to make easier? Exactly. So you got to, you can't put the cart before the horse, I guess. Is like exactly. The term. So yeah, there, there's, there's all of that stuff, but I think you can even go more basic than that. Um, it is a lot easier to withstand a pandemic when you have to stay home. If you have internet access, and you can play games all day and right. you can talk to everybody that you, you used to talk to, but you physically over Zoom. Exactly. You can do all that kind of stuff. But when you don't have uh, the Internet connectivity, just the interaction. So, you know, um, you know, like from a mental health standpoint, you know, mm-hmm. just being I'm bummed out. I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. I see nobody. I talk to no one. Um, the Internet goes a long way to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, I can't. I mean, you 
the amount of time that I spent on, you know, even FaceTime, because I would have to grab a, uh, you know, an iPad and do FaceTime with some folks, but just doing Zoom calls and Google Hangouts and, and Google Meet hours. and all that of that like kind of stuff. Deal. Exactly. I mean, it was, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of hours have been spent doing this where it wouldn't have been done ordinarily, uh, you know, before. And if you don't have Internet access, you're doing none of that. And, you know, to your point, Terrence, it's like if you don't know, uh, if you don't have the Internet connectivity to know, here's where I can go and get this test or here's where I can go do these kind right. of things. You're just kind of missing out on so much uh, by not being connected. So I really think um, that we have to in this country start looking at Internet connectivity, looking at broadband access as a basic service. I mean, it should be, you know, it should it's be looked at like water and utility. sewage, trash yeah, pickup, a, electricity. Exactly. Um, but capitalism. I'll, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I will talk on both sides of my mouth. I think that it needs to be that. I, I am, I am not for that kind of regulation because I just think that when it comes to like the internet and it comes to computers, the government is just so slow at getting things done that we will be missing out on stuff just because they can't move fast enough. But that being but said, the, the government right. does actually do quite well with regulating some things. Like, you know, I, I, I'm very happy that I can actually take trash to the street and it just magically disappears every week. Uh, those are, those are good things. And, and that that is a government thing. So um, even if they're outsourcing that to a third party. So, uh, so yeah, we, we, we've got to get better at this. And like I said, it was one of those things to where I wasn't thinking about it before I read the headline, but as soon as I read the headlines, like, Oh yeah, that, that makes sense. I can, I can think of five, six ways why this is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Broadband, uh, the FCC, uh, because back in way back in 2016, the United Nations declared broadband access a human right. They didn't put any teeth around that declaration that would hold any countries accountable for denying that right to people. Because we see that's what ha- that's what's happening in Russia right now, where people can't access Facebook and other social media. Um, but, you know, that's been on the books for a while. The FCC has has declared the internet a super determinant of health. Um, whereas other entities have already declared broadband access as a social determinant of health. Uh, but the FCC, uh, took it a step further and said it's a super determinant of health. And again, when you think about all the information you miss out on, you know, nobody's phone banking people and, and calling them to make sure that they, you know, know about this latest information where it's like visit this website. Every, every ad you see on television, every, you know, uh, information flyer you get handed. There's a website at the bottom. Mm-hmm. There's a URL at the bottom for you to go to get the information. And there's still a quarter of the American public that does not have internet access. You know, that, that's a lot of people. You know, it, that's a heck of a lot of people. Not, that's a lot of people that still don't have internet access. And we've saw what happened over the past two years when you had kids sitting on, you know, the curb. And the trying to soak up the Wi-Fi because they couldn't even do their their classwork um, because they didn't have appropriate internet access. So it it, it really is we're we're at a kind of crisis level at this point. Um, that that uh, that bill, the Build Back Better uh, bill that uh, Biden was trying to get through, that does um, have some provisions for uh, subsidies for the cost of internet access, which don't necessarily help you if you're in an urban area because if your internet bill is you know $150 and they giving you 30 I still can't afford $120 for internet right. either so there's that um, but it also um, but they were also trying to push for to your point Rob these municipally run internet service providers so um, there is something you know I don't know how far along it is in the works, but something to where we will have public internet utilities like we do have water. um, But even still, uh, capitalism went out again. Um, I watched a um, Netflix, uh, Hassan Minhaj. He had the Patriot Act. Mm -hmm. I think he did a a, a special Mm -hmm. on internet access. And he talked specifically about how the telecom companies fight tooth and nail they yeah. spend billions, billions yeah. of dollars to make sure the free stuff doesn't pop up. It's like, why yeah, would we buddy. ever allow people to get stuff for free that we can charge them for? I mean, that's really what it yeah, comes buddy. down to. 
So these people create mesh networks all the time in in very small you know communities of of you know 100 or 200 people you you know you can create a mesh network mm-hmm. for free and and you know if everybody decided to do that uh shout out the mesh networks do google uh, well if you don't have no internet you can't google mesh network and how to make uh, a mesh uh, network. no look at you look at you, you know, falling into the problem that, that is that is like, definitely a thing library and google mesh network and figure out how to set up a mesh network oh so yeah there, there there are a lot of municipalities that are trying to do that some are actually successfully doing that but as terrence was saying these these telcos they're coming in and they're lobbying against it to make doing those things illegal um for safety reasons and stuff. i mean the stuff that they would come up with and it's just like yeah uh let's see this this senator or this congressperson they have no idea what we're gonna say so yes it's for safety reasons let's just tell them right. that we need to make people more safe because right. they shouldn't be getting this thing for free that's unsafe we should charge them for it. that actually makes them safe um and i don't, I don't want to steal his comedy segment because he you know it's, it's very good anybody should go it's see that so it's, it's awful, actually quite though. i mean we're literally at a life and death tipping point so here. um i am know, and all people would need is dial up like let 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 a, let a community get some dial up up in here or something I, it's just, so it's crazy so th- this this is an issue um so l- let me preface this by saying i love america i love living here um you know i i, I like my life but there's this american exceptionalism that just people just seem to think that is better because it's America and I, I went to Australia. I spent about three weeks in Australia back in 20, uh, early 2019. And the internet speed over there is ridiculous. It is, it is, it is unreal how fast internet connectivity is over there. And it's like, can you imagine South Korea? Oh my goodness. Um, and it's like, you know, we think when somebody says, well, yeah, uh, well, yeah, I got that new, that super high speed where I'm getting, cause I, I say this all the time. Yeah. I get like a thousand down and 200 up. That's nothing. That's nothing over there. That's, that's like the average, you know, th- th- that's what you get just for being a citizen in the city. That's when um, the signal is weak. Yeah. <laughs> that's, your, that's your speed. So uh, I think it may go that exception, that American exceptionalism, I think as a whole, you know, just using this and, you know, internet broadband access, you know, in a more specific, but generally I think that leads to ignorance in the fact mm-hmm. that it is hard for people to step outside of their own experiences. That's right. My experience, the way I grew up, the way I went to where I went to school, the, how I think, where I go, you know, how I choose to, you know, pray, whatever the case may be, whatever. It's all wrapped up in being hard to step outside of your own experience. Yeah. And I think if more people were able to do that, you could mm-hmm. see something because we say it, you know, just in with this subject saying this, Broadband is a crucial life or death life or death situation, and there are people who are listening to this and like, "There's no way, there's no way that that many people do not have basic." And you mean to tell me you ain't got a cell phone? So that you can figure well, we got we got 350 million people in this country right now, right? 25. So 25 percent of that is is 25 times 35 is, 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 is 375. So about 80 million people, roughly, yeah. and, if I'm and doing there are math people, correctly. And there are people who flat out won't believe it because they can't think outside of, you mean to tell me, there are people that just don't have the internet. They, it's, they find it so hard to believe because that's not their, their, experience, learn, their, their yeah. experience. So yeah. it makes it harder for the government, for municipalities, for rules and regulations, for people to pass bills to pass something that doesn't directly affect or you don't get a direct um, uh, benefit uh, from it. a benefit from that because mm-hmm. it's like okay, well, if it's not for me, then why should I even bother? Why should why I fight should I for this for somebody? Why should else? I be concerned? Right? Why right. should I be concerned? Yeah, I have a uh, a friend who uh, moved to Canada, and I used to work with a lot of people uh, in Canada. But yeah, a friend moved to Canada. They actually have become you know since become a citizen. And you talk about yeah, you can, yeah, can have a heart attack. You just go to the hospital; they'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. Just, just mm-hmm. take care of it. And I, I, we always try to hit. Well, the tax rate over there is higher. Yeah, it it is. 
But, but if you're not paying a premium, th- th- that's the thing. He's like, so yeah, the tax rate is actually it's a, it, it is higher. You know, we do pay more taxes over here to have this thing called universal health care. But you know what? I don't have to spend my money on health care. Four hundred and seventy five dollar so, a month yeah, premium. Exactly. So you know what he was telling me is that. So yeah, when you you know like that's what everybody hits you with is like yeah, taxes are high here, and 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 they are. Uh, but but the difference is like when I actually look at what I would have been paying in premiums compared to the additional that I pay in taxes, I will take that all day because that still oh, means okay. an additional 50, 60, 70 percent in my pocket. Uh, but you're talking to yeah. you're talking to logical yeah. people who have that ability to think outside of themselves. Case in point, you know, everybody's talking about canceling student debt, whether that's a student student debt, student loan debt. Whether that's going to happen or not. But the one argument that I always see is it's not fair because I worked hard. Mm-hmm. I worked hard and I met with my financial aid counselor and I met and I made small payments and I was able to pay off my student loan debt and I had 30, 40, 50, however many thousand dollars of debt. That's no fair to me when somebody else didn't go through all those steps and they got all their debt paid off. Not thinking of all the ramifications right. that could benefit all of America as a whole if we got rid well, of this people's student not, loan debt. We're not, we're not conditioned. We're conditioned to think of ourselves as individuals here. Yes. And yes. you can't have a society full of individuals. Nope. That's not how society works. And nope. you not can well, see anyway. how it's breaking down, you know, as we speak, as everybody does whatever the F they want to do based on their own research and, and, and whatever else. You know what I mean? It's like you can't have society doesn't work when everybody just does whatever they want to do mm-hmm. for themselves to benefit themselves individually. The whole point, the definition of, of societies is a collective. And, and mm-hmm. the, when people come together to, to benefit the collective and make decisions that will benefit the group and the whole and we we don't have that here unfortunately yeah i would just think that um many 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 people will agree regardless of your political leaning left or right or you know center whatever whatever you consider yourself to be that fast reliable internet for everybody is a good thing because even if you just break it down to yourself you know what i have to do sometimes sometimes i have to go and stay in a hotel in the middle of nowhere because that's where the people i'm seeing are so when I'm there, at least for me, if I'm that, if, if I'm wired this way, when I go to that hotel once or twice a year, I want my internet to be fast. Well, <laughs> so nobody just keep it agrees that we don't need it, yeah. but ain't nobody going to pay extra so that somebody that can't afford it can have it. Uh-huh. That's the point. Like, yeah. and, and even the companies themselves aren't going to accept fewer profits so that they can build a, a, a tower out on a Indi- on a Native American reservation um, that multiple they, telcos can use, right? Right. Even <laughs> though they know they're not going to be able to get the same amount of money from those people because they're not going to buy the the entire cable package with HBO and Showtime and 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 Cinemax. You know, they're only going to get the basic nine ninety nine Internet Essentials plan, so they're not going to make as much money. But it's still better for the greater good. To have that Native American reservation have internet access, nobody's doing that, and nobody, nope. and nobody's gonna, nobody cares to do it. Nope, we ain't gonna make them. <sighs> and we, and we ain't making them. And they, you know, none of us. They, listen, I, who can I call? Let me start doing some my <laughs> own research to see who I can call and who I can lobby to. You know, because it's, we'll it's just, just we'll it, just go, we'll just go on the internet and uh, no. I know. <laughs> I'm Go on the internet website. and find <laughs> yeah. out who I need to call. Because seriously, this this is this is ridiculous. You I know. know. We- in, in 2022, you know, we still got almost you know over 50 million people in this country um, that that can't get on the internet more, and, and more, have more. no clue and are just yeah, more, just yeah. completely shut out of of an entire process of of business and commerce and, and, you know, education and and job Mm -hmm. and safety and health. And like, it, it, it makes no sense. It makes zero sense. Um, like I said, just like, I have a friend who literally, he lives way out. Uh, you know, he he commutes, used to, well, used to commute into, uh, work, uh, about an hour each way. 
And he lives in the middle of nowhere. And what he was having to do for broadband, he was actually doing microwave. So basically a guy he knew has set up a micro, you know, you know, had set up, you know, his own, um, he'd become his own ISP essentially. And so on the top of his barn, he had to set up a radio tower. Uh, with a microwave antenna that would point, you know, line of sight to this guy that he knew that was the ISP. And that's how he got his, uh, broadband connection was basically right. with microwaves. And he says, I just feel for, I feel for all the, feel bad for all the birds, the bats and the, you know, and the bees that actually fly in between those two micro, uh, you know, microwave channels just be, uh, because they're frying stuff up. But that, that, that's what he has to do. Uh, I th- you know, um, to get, I think he actually has like some kind of satellite now. Um, this was years ago, but I'm just thinking it's like I mean, he, he had to go through ridiculous steps to get his broadband internet because he lived literally, uh, you know, on a farm, um, out in the middle of nowhere there, you know, he was, you right. know, 45 miles outside of Columbus. Yeah. So we're not going to solve it, um, in, you know, with this conversation. Uh, but hopefully talking about it will help we're people know it's like, you know, uh, get, get, get a phone. Some kind, some kind of way, get get some type of internet access into folks' hands. It actually increases their lifespan. That should that should be a campaign slogan for somebody, right? So, guys, we haven't. It feels like we haven't done a spotlight in a while. I know it's only been a couple of weeks, but it just for whatever reason, just feels like we haven't had one. Feel like it's been in forever. So, Stephanie, I'm glad that you actually have uh, got a spotlight for us this week. So, why don't you go ahead and tell us about this awesome person? I do. And I was, it's funny when uh, Terrence put that story in there about the Transformers, this kind of, you know, flowed right into that. I was like, oh, cool. Um, So today in the Tech John Spotlight, electrical engineer and computer graphics designer Mark Regis Hanna was born on October 13th, 1956 in Chicago, Illinois to Huber and Edith Hanna. He attended the Illinois Institute of Technology with funding from a scholarship awarded by AT&T's Bell Laboratories. Hannah received his BS degree in electrical engineering, double E, in 1977 before going on to Stanford University, where he attained his MS degree in 1978 and his PhD degree in 1985. In 1982, Hannah co-founded Silicon Graphics, Inc. with Jim Clark and five others, a company that went on to be well known for its computer graphics technology. In 1986, he was named the company's principal scientist for the creation of computer programs like Personal Iris, Indigo, Indigo 2, and Indie Graphics that were used to create effects for movies like Jurassic Park, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, The Hunt for Red October, and Field of Dreams. George Lucas's Industrial Light and Magic used silicon graphics technology to create Terminator 2. Hannah's programs have also been used to create television commercials and the opening introduction for Monday Night Football. In addition, the company's technology was used for used in engineering, research, and for military applications. Hannah is a partial owner of Rondo Bay, a construction company in Oakland, California. Since 1994, Hannah has sat on the board of directors for Magic Edge. He has also been profiled in Ebony Magazine, Electronics Magazine, Forbes, and PC Magazine. In addition, Hannah has received the Professional Achievement Award from the Illinois Institute of Technology and the National Technical Association. So all those cool special effects and movies that you see, Mark Hanna probably had a hand in some of that. SGI, Silicon Graphics. Uh, Mm -hmm. I actually worked for a company back in the day that actually, uh, you know, had a contract with SGI where they were, okay. they, they, they got quite a few of these machines for some of the work that they were working on. Never did I know that it was a bruh that was one of the founders of the company. It's like, you know, we, we do these, you know, we're reading the spotlights for our listeners. But when, when I'm not doing it, I'm, you read it to me too. It's like, I did not know this. It's like, well, I would have never known that this dude was, you know, one of the founders of this company. And, you know, back in the day, what they were doing, like the Terminator 2 stuff, Listen, that's, that's what I think really put them on the map. That, that was like, what? Level. so next level. 
Definitely. So, so man, it's like, uh, like I said, I, I have no idea. I, I want to even say that I've heard the name before. I just didn't know it was a black guy. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's really Mark interesting. Hanna. Shout out to Mark Hanna. Doing big things. Yeah. So, folks, we're at the end of our show. And as we always do when we get to the end of the show, we want to shout out our supporters. So this week we have two new patrons. Uh, let's see here. Bridget Weaver Hicks and Olivia Peters. So we want to thank you for rocking with us thank and helping support you. the Tech John. And for anyone else who's interested in supporting the Tech John, once again, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash the Tech John. That is the Tech J-A-W-N. And you can sign up there. So, guys, we're at the end. So, Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and let the folks know how they can get to you? You can find me all around the web at Tech Life Steph and check out my website at tilldeathdotweet.com. And you can find me on all things Brother Tech, B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. And you can find me on my and my co-host on our all things Apple and then some podcast, snoboscast.com. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at the tech John on all the things. So just go check us out on Twitter, on Instagram, even got a Facebook page. And with that, until we meet again next week. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.